Welcome back, everybody, to season two of Open Season. Uh, we have another special guest today. Hopefully, you guys are listening to these uh, episodes. Um, they're getting amazing every day as we speak. We have a special guest today, a uh, close friend of mine, uh, Victoria. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to season two. Introduce Thank you. yourself. Well, I'm Victoria. I live in Arizona. I'm 25 years old. Times that by two, feels like all the stuff that I've been through. Um, I wanted to say thank you for letting me on your podcast. And it, this is um, this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> we get that a lot. Right. And I definitely have a story. Um, when I tell people this, you know, my truth, they say that I need to make a book or a Netflix show out of it. It's definitely a lifetime movie type of deal. <laughs> well, we get to hear it first. Here we go. All right. Well, so, go for it. The mic is yours and everybody strap your seat. Right. <laughs> Buckle up real tight. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, um, this is my truth. This is my side of the story of what happened. Um, there's three main people in this situation. Um, one is my dad, Teddy, his girlfriend, Joanna, and me. Back in 2019, uh, 2018, 2019, I went through like a bad breakup and I just like was lost, you know, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I was at that point in my life where I, it was like make it or break it type of deal. And, um, they are both entrepreneurs, Joanna and my dad, Teddy, they're both entrepreneurs. And they told me, Hey, why don't you start a business? Like we're perfect people to help you, you know? And I appreciated that. And, um, at the point in time, my dad's probably with his girlfriend for about like two, three years. And, um, I told them, okay, well, let's do it. You know, this is like what, something that they wanted to bond about and, um, they wanted to build something with me. So we started my business. I'm a colon hydrotherapist. Um, basically what that is, I clean out, cleanse people's colons. And um, his girlfriend at the time had her own lash studio. She was a lash artist. And she was like, hey, I have a room. You can rent it out, you know, and we'll be your business partners and we'll help you. And I said, okay, that's fine. So yeah. we opened up in 2020. I opened up a week before COVID hit oh. and that was really hard, you know, because, you know, none of us in the world knew what was going on. That and part. yeah, that part. And, um, we, you know, it, it just, it was hard. I put so much money and time, you know, thousands of dollars into this and it was on hold, you know, my dream was on hold and, um, finally came back to opening back up small businesses were slow. It's crazy because we're still slow, you know? And, um, I opened, we opened back up. It was going good probably around November. That's when stuff started getting a little wonky between us because me and his girlfriend, because she is a type where she's super alpha and I am too. And two alphas don't mix. Right. And, it was coming to the point where it was, we lived together. So it was affecting our home life, you know, and, um, we decided to split ways. I didn't like how she tried controlling me a lot. She had a lot of control factor in my life and not just business, but like being a so-called stepmom, you know, and that being said, we split ways and my dad was in the middle of it and I felt really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, here we go. So after that, it was almost a year. We split ways. Everything was good. It was still awkward at home. So in the beginning of 2021, I decided to move out because it was really uncomfortable to the point where we didn't even talk. Like if I wanted to talk to my dad, it was strictly like I had to be on the hush hush or talk to him over the phone. Right. Um, you know, and I tried to break that barrier, but it just wasn't breaking. 
and it's fine. You know, I ended up moving my business elsewhere. So I did what I needed to do, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in 2021, I also got pregnant with my first son. And at this point, after I moved out, me and her didn't talk. And it got to the point where my dad, it almost felt like I was obligated to talk to her. And we couldn't get over that milestone of the business and stuff. So my dad like kind of made it like I was obligated, like I had to be nice at that point, but it wasn't received. I believe in mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And um, it was hard. So I, um, towards the end of 2021, I told my dad, I was like, Hey, it was November. And I'm like, Hey dad, like we're getting closer to time. He said, he'll throw my baby shower, you know, and I was really excited. So we were going to do it in January. Right. So, um, within time that November last year, he broke up with her and, you know, he tried breaking it off, but it just, she wouldn't leave. Like she wouldn't leave the house or anything. And he was coming around me more often. And I have two other siblings as well, younger siblings. And he was trying to rebuild those relationships and you could tell. And it was almost like she was a hater, you know, and December hit. And that's when I had a talk with him Christmas Eve. I sat down with him and it was, you know, an intimate moment, me and my sister. And I told him that he had to pick. I told him he had to pick between me or her. And if he chooses her, I'm not going to bring my son around, you know. And that was a really bold and big move for me because it was going to step up his pace on what he wanted to do in life, you know. Right. And his children were everything. Like, my dad loved us, you know. And like he was a businessman he you know he he was really busy with work and he tried his best for us he gave us the world you know and there was only so much time in a day so having him coming back into that light of around his children was a big move you know like it was really big and trying to get rid of her so um I told him like if this is gonna work and you want to stay with her because he seemed a little bit in limbo. And I told him that I will come around only if she's not here or you can come to my house where me and his, the baby's dad lived. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I just feel like that's unfair. I go, well, there's a lot of situations that you put me in that were unfair too, you know? And when I first left her business, she was really nasty to me. Like, she threatened to throw all my business equipment away. And she told me I had like 24 hours to get everything out. And like, we lived together. That's the crazy part, you know? So all these threats that were happening was just like, what? Like, right. we literally sleep in the same roof. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it just didn't make sense. It was super narcissistic and I just couldn't do it no more. She was very evil. And so me giving my dad that ultimatum, I think it made him sit there and think, you know, because I saw him the next day, Christmas, and he was like, hey, I really thought about what you said. I think it's done. Like, I, I'm, I told her to move out. And I said, okay. So um, New Year's comes around, and he left her. He'd even spend Christmas with her, Christmas Eve, New Year's with her. He actually went out of town without her. And she tried getting him back and um, he, you know, she was blowing up his phone and he wasn't having it mm-hmm. and he was trying to break it off and he told her she needed to move out. So Christmas day, I mean, Christmas day, um, New Year's day, I came to the house to come check up on her because she turned off. We have security cameras in our house and she turned them all off. I came to knock on the door and she wasn't answering. And I came to the back side of my house and it's all open windowed. It's not like blinds or anything like that. And I saw her standing there and she wouldn't let me in. And yeah, she wouldn't let me in. And I just told her I was banging my fist on the door and like, come on now. I'm like hella pregnant. And she wouldn't let me in. And I was like, you know what, dad, like, this is it. I'm done. Like I, I was willing to cut ties with my dad and all the bullshit, you know? Yeah. 
and um you know my baby shower was coming up in two weeks I wrote her a message after that my dad came back into town I wrote her a message and I the day the week of my baby shower and I wrote her in there like hey me and you haven't talked in a year I think that the best thing between me and you is not to be at my baby shower, even though it's going to be at my dad's house. And that I think it's best that we don't have any type of ties in that sense, you know? Yeah. And she didn't respond. I left it as is whatever, you know, I let it go. And, um, uh, probably a day. So this is the week of my baby shower now. So that Monday, my baby shower was on a Saturday. So that Monday, I came to drop off some, um, basically some like supplies for the shower. And she was, she walked in and she was like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, this lady's freaking crazy. Like, <laughs> and I looked at my dad, I go, are you kidding me? And she's like, how are you, Victoria? And I'm like, fine. Like, what do you want? You know, like I was already in a mood, you know? And so she was telling me like, oh, um, I just wanted to see how you were doing. It was super standoffish, like so weird. And I told her, okay, that's fine. Like she went upstairs and I looked at my dad and I told my dad, she's going to blackmail you. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, I see evil around her and she's going to ruin your life. And he's like, what, you know? what are you talking about? And I told him, yeah, she's going to ruin your life. And is there too much background noise? Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. And I told him like, she's going to ruin your life. He's like, Oh, you're just saying that because you don't like her. And I'm like, Nope, I see it happening. So, and I'm saying this pretty loud where she can hear me. So that was a Monday. So Wednesday, they got into an argument. My sister messaged me. She lived here. And she was like, hey, sister, um, they're fighting really bad. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's like, she's getting in dad's face. Like, I just don't like this. I don't want to be here. Can you come pick me up? And I go, you know what? Let me call the cops on her ass. So I called the cops to see what was going on. I did it as a, um, what could you say? Like a, like a noise disturbance. Oh, okay. The yeah. cops came. She answered the door. Everything was fine, right? She said everything was fine. So everything was fine. And this was like at 2, 3 in the morning. I have videos of them yelling. Um, they didn't even know why the cops were there, you know. And um, so she didn't know that my sister was there. This is the important part of the story. She didn't know that my sister was in the house. My sister was 17 at the time. She snuck in. You know, uh -huh. so she snuck in. So nobody knew that she came in the house. Right. And um, she so she came into the house. Um, the My dad's girlfriend came back and she was like, oh, who called the cops? Like, that was weird. And my dad's like, I don't know. Maybe you should stop yelling at me type of deal. Oh, so, shit. yeah. And so um, they were arguing. Um my dad ended up sending me videos of this lady freaking out that whole night, the rest of the night till six in the morning. She was freaking out. Um, she broke all of his stuff in his room. That was glass. Uh, he tried getting her away. She actually tried suffocating him. He was laying down on his stomach and his face was to the side and she put a pillow over his head and, and had her knees on top of his back. And that's when he got up and my dad's a pretty big guy, you know, he's pretty heavy set. He's six foot and he got up and she fell when he got up. Obviously it's just physics, you know? Right. And that was the only physical thing that happened. You could tell she was high on stuff in the videos. She did a lot of drugs, pills, um, you know, everything else, the white stuff, you know, just not cool drugs. And right. Um, you could tell she was high in the videos and my dad's like, this is what I'm dealing with. And I'm like, dad, just get rid of her. Like, this is not cool. You know, like at this point, this is not right. Yeah. So that was Wednesday night. Thursday comes around. She packs up a couple bags. I'm watching her on the cameras. She packs up probably about five, six duffel bags, walks out, leaves. Nothing's wrong with her. 
I talked to my dad Thursday night, probably around like 10 o'clock at night. We we talked from 10 to 12 in the morning. Everything was fine. He was actually cleaning up stuff that this lady broke. Um, You know, he was telling me like he wants to get things right with me and my siblings. He was talking positive. Like this situation made it even more solidified that he did not want to be with her. Um, so I get a call from my sister three hours later that my dad was being arrested. This lady, Joanna, she, um, beat herself up. She had somebody beat herself up. She went to the hospital, filed a police report, and they came and picked up my dad. Oh. For domestic violence. And, um, I was like, what do you mean, sister? And she's like, yeah, he's getting arrested. And they're leaving me here. I need you to come here. And I'm like, what? What What, what are you talking about? And Friday Friday morning, we, we're getting everything set up for Saturday, my baby shower. So I come down here. I just missed the police. I just missed him. And, um, you know, I was just like, what the hell is going on? You know, I'm trying to call to see where my dad's heading. They can't find him in the system yet, obviously, because he's still in a police car. Right. And I called his friends, got a hold of his friends. Everybody's trying to look for see where he's at. Finally, I get a hold of him on the phone. And he's like, the first thing my dad tells me when he calls my phone, he's like, you were right. He was like, you were right. Yeah. She blackmailed me, you know. And I told my dad, I'm sorry, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> okay that's why it's here i know and i told my dad i was like dad everything's gonna be okay i got this you know like we'll take care of things you know we'll get this figured out you know it's wrong everything that's going on is wrong and he was just like i know he's like i'm not worried about it miha i know that this lady's wrong he's like i didn't do nothing to her and i go i know you didn't dad i know you didn't because i'm the one who called the police when she was getting in your face and he was like, thank you for that. And I go, of course, dad, I'm always here for you. And, um, so this lady, this is where the story gets crazy. So he's like, listen, just stay at the house, be there for your sister. I'll call you here and there when I can. And I'm going to get out tomorrow in the morning. And I said, okay, that's fine. We'll figure it out. So, um, Friday, you know, Friday morning, sun's already up and I have people coming to come decorate my house, my dad's house for my baby shower Saturday. And he calls me, he's like, Hey, he goes, I'm going to have court soon. And I go, okay, good. You know, it's morning time. Haven't heard from him all day. The house is decorated. Finally get a hold of him around four 30. And he goes, Hey, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm not getting out. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not getting out? And he told me, he's like, she wants me on house arrest. And I'm like, house arrest? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I need to wear an ankle monitor. He goes, I just seen the judge at four o'clock. These people left at 430. Oh. So he's like, just keep doing your baby shower stuff. I'll be out tomorrow for your baby shower. Let's." And I'm like, dad, I'll cancel everything. It's fine. He's like, no, just keep doing what you need to do. We were his everything, you know, he'll do anything to make us happy, even if the world's ending, you know, and I just said, okay, dad, everything's going to be okay. Like, don't worry about it. I'm stressing. I can't stress because I'm pregnant. It's a mess. And, um, we finished decorating probably around eight o'clock at night. You know, the only thing missing for this party is people and food, like everything's set up everything's beautiful people are wrapping up to go home you know and um i go hey you guys and it's my dad's friends that are helping me decorate i told them hey i'm gonna leave um i'm gonna leave and i'll be back and i'm gonna go get some food and they're like okay and then i leave and this freaking lady is right there and an officer meets me at my car and hands me a restraining order and tells me I need to leave the property. And um, I was like, what? Like, 
me, you know, and I was freaking out and I'm like, what do you mean? I need to leave. And they're like, well, apparently you're putting this lady in danger. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm eight months pregnant. Is this what we're going to do right now? And, um, they tell me, you know, the officer looks like he, he looks really like he feels bad for me. And I open my door and I'm like, look in my house. And, you know, there's balloons, there's everything, you know, that's ready. And I'm like, look at my house. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And I just remember telling the cop, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is a joke, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, you have to go. Like, this, there's, this isn't a joke. You need to call whoever to help you remove everything out of here. And you have to go. So I had, they gave me two hours to remove everything. I got whatever I could. I called, you know, party people to come pick all their stuff up that, you know, the baby showers canceled. While my dad's in jail, he doesn't know this is going on because he hasn't called me yet. And yeah. um, my sister's crying because she feels bad for me. I'm crying because I feel bad for me. And um, I tell my sister, I'm a very intuitive person. When I know something's going to happen, it always happens. And it's just one of my gifts that I have. And I looked at my sister and I told her, you need to stop crying, grow up. And you need to protect our house. I go, something is going to happen here soon. And it's not right. There's evil upon us. And that we can't have any of this um, here anymore. You know, like my sister is freaking out. She's having anxiety. And I told her, you need to be strong for our house. And, and you need to be strong for our house. And that you need to stand guard, you know. So she doesn't want to go. I convince her to stay. My dad calls me and he's freaking out because he doesn't know what to do. So my sister stays. I go home. I'm already canceling everything online, messaging people that this isn't going to work out. Um, that day, the next fall, you know, that Saturday, um, my dad gets out and he comes and sees me and he's like, hey, I'm sorry that this is happening. Let's do something another day. We got to figure out what's going on with the house. Right. So he can't go back to the house. He has an ankle monitor. He can't go back to the house because it's considered a crime scene. So I call my brother. My brother is a firecracker. And um, I know that she doesn't like him. You know, and I tell my brother, I'm like, hey, go cause chaos and do what you do best, you know, and he's only 16. So he does what he does best. And <laughs> he goes to the house and that was it. Like that was what did it. So he caused chaos. Um, her mother was there. She has a daughter also who's 18. Her name's Natalie. Her mom was there. Her name's Sophia. And, um, Sophia was pretending like she was feeding into Joanna's BS. Like she'll be like, oh, let's go downstairs to go start drama basically. So if my brother, if, if Sophia was standing on the stairs and my brother like walked past her, she'll throw herself on the stairs and be like, why did you hit me? And he's like, I didn't even touch you old lady, you know? And he'll go at it with her. My brother's super argumentative. And so he would argue with them and start this, you know, like this conflict just so he can try to get these ladies out. My brother only lasted 24 hours and she served him in order protection. So she got him kicked out of the house. And, um, he got kicked out and then my sister got served one. She got kicked out. She only lasted three days. Um, this lady, you know, while my brother was there, she tossed some safes. He was, he was trying to gather my dad's safes that had his weapons in it. And he was going to give them to my dad to take away. And they were gathering whatever valuable items in our house to go take and hide them. So when he was grabbing the safes, this is what got him kicked out. When he was grabbing the safes, um, she 
bumped into the chair and they actually fell like he was she was fighting him for these safes on a chair like a gaming chair and they fell and they fell on her and she said my brother assaulted her damn so she tried getting him arrested for that and that's when they told him he had to leave and she served him the order protection my grandma was there um you know my dad told my grandma to go stay there until he could figure out what's going figure out what's going on and she would be slamming pots in front of my grandma's face and like smacking them around her if my grandma would fall asleep she would blast music um if you know my grandma was getting ready for bed she would tell the police she would call the police and tell them that she feared for her life and my grandma she would just be sitting there doing nothing she's an elderly lady like she can't she can hardly walk and so she would tell the police that she feared for her life. And um, my sister, you know, she stayed in her own little lane and she she just made sure that the house is okay. And my sister, she threw an order protection on my brother, my sister and my grandma, basically within days. So those three days that my brother, sister and grandma were there, the police were called 26 times by her. And all false accusations. And they came every single time, you know, all of them were sleep deprived. None of them can sleep because this lady was acting up, you know, she was doing drugs. So she was up all night, slamming pots and pans, just keeping everybody awake, you know, causing a ruckus, packing stuff. And she wasn't leaving. So in the state of Arizona, and I'm pretty sure everywhere else, you, in order for you to leave a residence, you have to be served an eviction notice. Right. And so my dad tried serving her with an eviction notice and um, we tried doing a seven day one, but it wasn't working. So we did a 30 day one. So from the moment she was served when he got out of jail till the day that my sister left, she had what, 28 days to herself in the house. We have no idea what this lady was doing for 28 days in our house. She bordered up all of our windows with newspaper. Um, We had some people come take a peek of the house and, you know, there was boxes everywhere. It almost looked like tweaker, like tweaker stuff was happening, you know? Um, Who knows what she had in our house, what she was doing in our house, Um, we looked through the trash. She had about 10 bottles of vodka, like drink. She drank all of them. Oh, and yeah. And so, um, I was stressed out so bad during this time that I literally, they were going to induce me. So I wasn't due until March 4th, uh, March 10th. And so I was freaking out. You know, my dad was stressing because there's no way any of us could be in our house she was not on the lease i mean our house we own our house so she was not on anything of the house no um electricity no nothing water nothing no bills and he made sure of that and let alone she didn't pay for nothing when she lived here she didn't do nothing right and um during this time uh you know We don't know what she was doing. Finally, the two days before her lease, her eviction was up, she, uh, me and her went to court. It got released, the order of protection. So I came back to the house and I started going through her boxes and I'm like, this is my dad's. This is my dad's. Like, what is she doing with this? Like this, none of this is right. So the last day of her eviction my dad called me and he was like, Hey, I need you to go grab something that's in my room and I want you to get it for me. And I'm like, dad, it's three in the morning. He's like, no, go do it now. He sent me a hundred bucks to go do this. So I'm like, it must really mean something to him, you know? So I go grab that item. It was probably about four o'clock in the morning when I left. Um, everything was normal, like how it was when I left earlier that those hours. Yeah. I came back at 10 in the morning. Um, The locks were changed. And I'm like, what the hell? What is this? Because our doorknobs were black and now they're silver. 
So I went in. The door um, was uh, um, the door was broken. And so she changed the lock, but the door was broken to make it seem like a break in. I walk in and I'm on the phone with my dad and I'm like, oh my God, dad. He's like, what? I go, you got robbed. And he's like, what do you mean I got robbed? I'm like, you need to get your ass down here now. This is serious. And I'm like, I'm going to call the police. She stole $120,000 worth of stuff out of my dad's house. Oh, wow. And I kid you not, she took forks, towels, knives, furniture, purses, my belongings, my baby's belongings. I had a crib here. Everything is gone. Everything. Like, I kid you not, she took all of his clothes. She took, um, he had weapons here. She took those. He had so much belongings here and it's all gone. She wiped him clean. She took every electronic in his house. Everything was gone. Like everything. And um, it was, it calculated to $120,000 worth of stuff. So she, um, we didn't hear from her. We filed the, the police report, everything. We did what we had to do. We filed insurance claims and everything. Um, I ended up having the baby three days later and it was sad because I felt like I couldn't enjoy my last month's pregnancy, you know, because I was so stressed and I was so high on adrenaline all the time, you know, that I couldn't even enjoy these last precious moments and I let it get the best of me. Um, so she was gone. Nobody heard from her. She went MIA, you know, she was talking about my dad a lot because it was coming around, you know, it's spa business is a small world. And so is real estate. Right. And the crazy part is my dad is a broker for real estate and he's also a politician. So the things that she could have done to his life would have destroyed him on the path that she was going. Um, he ended up getting granted back access to come back to his house. He went to his house. He came back to the house. He was here for probably about three days and left to go to, um, on a business trip, came back home. I talked to him, um, on Saturday night and we were supposed to do something. And, um, I ended up flicking out on him because I was, I was hungover. Um, I talked to him. The last time I talked to him was 10 o'clock at night. I didn't hear from him Saturday, the rest of Saturday. I didn't hear from him Sunday. Um, Monday, I was like, you know what? It's weird. I haven't talked to him. He hasn't asked about the baby. I looked at the cameras and he hasn't left the house since Saturday night when I last talked to him. I came here to come check up on him and I walked in. Uh, My house, it looked like it looked like it was nighttime, like the lights were on and there was, um, ice cream on the counter and I put the baby down. I had him with me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to clean that dried up ice cream. And I found my dad's dead body. Oh yeah. Where was this in the kitchen? He was in the bathroom. Oh, he was covered in blood. I thought somebody killed him. Let alone, I thought his girlfriend killed him, his ex-girlfriend. Right. And, um, you know, I'm in the medical field. I'm also a CNA. And stuff like that doesn't phase me. But that, in that moment, I was looking at my dad and I was just like, I stood there for a good 10 seconds and I'm like, He's gone. Like, there's no turning back, you know? Yeah. And almost like I was in denial, I ran next door and I went to my neighbor's house. Um, You know, I banged on their door and I'm like, hey, I need you to come help me. And it was very traumatic. Um, His best friend was actually on her way to my house. And she's like, hey, I haven't heard from your dad. And I'm like, he's gone. Like, he's dead. That's it. Like, it's, it's over. And, um... You know, she rushed here and I called the police. The police came and I just remember sitting there. It's 
it's crazy. You don't go through these emotions until you're in them, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, in the movies, how you zone out and you just see blur around you. Yeah. That was me. Like, all I remember is, like, the police officer talking to me and I'm just sitting there, like, in shock. And then it really starts hitting me. And I just hear him saying, like, does he have enemies? What's going on? Like, when was the last time you talked to him? And I just couldn't answer any questions. And I just remember looking at the officer and I'm like, is he, is he gone? You know? And they're like, yeah, he's gone. And I'm like, fuck. And that's when it hit me. And my dad was such a beautiful man. Like he was good looking, you know, he, whatever he wanted, he had, you know, like he got it instantly. He had swag. You know, he had the personality where if he was in a crowded room, you would notice him right away. He was really big in the Hispanic community. He was a leader in the community. Like, he he had things going for him. And so, for all this to happen, it was a big hit. I probably had... When word got around that he passed away, I probably had about easily 60 to 80 people in my front yard. Wow. And that's just like in immediate family and friends. And to see his friends so heartbroken, knowing how much he went through his last months, last months of his life was really hard. And, um, you know, the following weeks, they took his body, you know, they took his body. I couldn't go to his house for like a good two weeks. And um, my siblings, I couldn't put them in a position to bury their father or to um, plan their dad's funeral. You know, they weren't yeah. there. Like, they just couldn't handle it. And so I did everything myself with the support of his friends and family. And, you know, I would like to say a big thank you to his best friend, Brenda and Omar, for helping pay for his funeral. And I didn't have to come with anything out of my pocket. And that is what shows to you how much of a beautiful community that he built around him, you know? Yeah. So his funeral was huge I had to easily had 100 to 200 people at his funeral it lasted about 4 hours it was a 2 day process and I just couldn't process it it took me a while to understand that my dad was gone because he was my best friend you know I definitely feel like that a piece of me died I don't feel as excited about things anymore I feel like everything is bad news you know I'm picking up the pieces that he left behind you know and my dad would always say like just know like if anything ever happens to me like I want you to be in charge you know and it's crazy you never know when that happens until it happens you know you never yeah. understand what they say until it happens Right. And with that being said, it was definitely hard. And I understand the things that he shows me now that he's gone, you know. And this lady called me the day he died and asked me to see his body. Because she wants to see if he's dead. Because she didn't believe he was dead. Because only sick people lie and say that somebody's dead right so I told her to set her up I told her I was like sure you can see him if you give me back his shit you know and we'll go from there and um she wouldn't give it to me and till this day she won't give it to me she feels entitled you know, she thinks that we don't deserve anything. She's a very ugly person. She posts videos of my dad all the time on social media. 
And I have to live with that. Because I have to live with biting my tongue because we all know that she was wrong. Yeah. And the night that he died, he was stressing about his house and how he didn't have anything. And I really, truly feel deep down in my heart. It turns out, so I did kind of find out how he died right away. I found out three months later. So he died from um, high blood pressure, which led to a stroke, which led to a brain aneurysm which is basically stress. So deep down in my heart, yeah, that lady did kill my dad. She did. Her blood is on his hand. His blood is on her hands, you know? And that's how I see it. There's nothing in this world that will change my mind. And I hope, you know, those are her demons that she has to deal with. And I made sure that she will never go to... You know, she didn't come to his funeral and stuff like that. And I made sure I took extra precaution that this was very private. And this lady still provokes me. She still talks about my dad in a sense that he was such this horrible person. But remember, the important part of the story is that my sister was here when that happened. He never laid a hand on her. And everything was on video. So, in a sense that, you know, it just sucks because he just, his story is going unheard. And the only person that can speak his story is his children. The people he loved the most, you know. And so, till this day... We still go through the trials of having to transfer everything to his children's name. You know, she talks about him a lot and it comes back to me and it sucks when I hear it because it makes me so angry because she doesn't even deserve to talk about him, good or bad, you know, and that's my own demon that I have to deal with. Have I been perfect on social media? No, I talk about her too. Because I spread my truth that she stole from us, you know, not just him. She stole from his children, too. And I feel like that she's just a very nasty person. She comes by my house all the time. I see her car on my cameras. She lives down the street from me, less than probably eight minutes away. And I pray that I don't ever see her because bad stuff will happen. You know, I can't make promises on how I'm going to feel at that moment in time. Is my anger going to go away or is my dad going to protect me or how am I going to feel? So I'd rather just not bump into her. Yeah. I, losing my dad made me a hot mess and I miss him every day. I feel lost. You know, he was, he was my other half, you know, he was my rock. And to see his friends till this day kills me. You know, I recently had a Christmas party a couple of days ago and it was hard to see everybody there because it feels like any moment he's going to pop up. Right. And he's not. Yeah. And I like, it's almost like you want to hold your breath. And losing a parent feels like you can't breathe. And there's days where I can't breathe. There's days where it's hard for me to be a new mom. And I, you know, it was, it affected me. Because, like, he died two weeks after I had my son. So it took time away from my son because I couldn't focus on my son, you know? Yeah. I couldn't give my son my full attention like I was planning on to because I was too busy planning my dad's funeral. And I guess, you know, on TikTok, I saw this saying about your first child will go through everything with you. And it sucks because some days I feel like I'm an amazing mom and some days I feel like 
I'm just not there, you know? At this point, I feel like I'm just living and going through the days, hoping I wake up the next day. And it's hard, you know, because there's days where I am in a dark place where I don't want to be around anybody. Right. And, you know, there's days where I just want to run away. Like, I don't want to be around anybody. And there's days where I want to be around the world just so I can remember my dad. So the moral of the story is to always love what you have and to forgive. And that's what I'm working on is to forgive because I can't forgive and to appreciate, you know, Yeah. losing a parent's tough. Yeah. I, I lost my dad, but it wasn't like that. But I, I know what you're going through. Yeah. I can't say I really know what you're going through because it's different circumstances. But yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the hurt, you understand the hurt, you know? Yeah. And that is definitely the best thing that you could do for yourself is just to keep going and always remember them, but it sounds easier than done. You know, I surround myself with everything that I can to remember him. And it's hard. It's hard being a new mom, grieving and working and trying to supply and be financially stable all at the same time. And I think that my dad deserves justice. As in, you know, he needs his items back, you know? And that lady did something really bad that she wasn't supposed to do. And the system's failing me right now. And I fight every day. I call every day. I mean, every week to see where is my case at, you know? And nobody has answers for me. So what, what do I do? I have to finish what my dad began, you know, and it's just hard. It's really hard. And people see this smile and, you know, new mom mode, but it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. It's definitely intense. I wonder where I'm going to be at in six months mentally. You know, I do therapy every day. My anxiety is through the roof and I just want to feel better, you know? You will. No, it takes, um, it takes time. It does. Um, every day you get stronger. And just keep in mind that he's, he's there with you now. Every single step that you take, he's there with you. And um, no matter what happens with her or what happens with you and your family, just keep in mind that if it didn't break us, it's going to make us stronger. And all we can do is build from there. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I'm really thankful that you're doing stuff, you know, this podcast, because it shows you that the trials that other people go through around the world, you know? Yeah. Everybody's beautiful in their own way, but they're have their ugly that they deal with, you know? Right. It's definitely hard. It's definitely hard. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me tell my story. Oh, no. Thank you for coming in and for sure, we're definitely going to keep up with you, and uh, we might have another sit down and see how you're doing. I want to keep uh, checking up on you. Yes. I Thank will you. check up on you. Um, I'll make sure that everything's fine with you and your kid, and we'll go from there, you know? Thank like you. I said, the whole purpose of this is awareness, helping those that 
want to release everything they have in them and they don't know where to go. So I'm here. I really um, appreciate that. I, I, I fought through my stuff. I fought through my demons alone. Um, I never had anything like this, so why not do it for those that can't? Yes, I agree. And I'll always check up on your people. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, always. Um, thank you. Once again, thank you for being here. Um, I usually like to uh, give you the chance to promote anything that you do or anybody out there that you help out with. Um, there's small businesses. If you want to promote them, go ahead. Yes. And go for it. I would like to promote, um, I would like to shout out Next Gen Real Estate. Um, they're like the number one company for people who want to sell houses and that want to do real estate. Um, I want to also promote, and that is his best friend Omar's company that helped me through that. And I would also want to promote everybody to go check for their health, you know, their mental wellness and to make sure that they're okay even if you feel like you're not okay there's still I mean that you are okay there's still something inside there you know yeah and that you know bless everybody and to keep pushing fall down seven times get up eight exactly yes exactly once you hit rock bottom there's nowhere lower you can go but go up exactly so we're climbing yeah I agree um question on the next gen what is it next gen realtor uh real estate oh real estate where are they located at they are located um all over the valley in arizona um their main office is in on central downtown and they have so many businesses and they help so many people get into housings you know there's a will there's a way exactly yes they make dreams come true Oh, we'll make sure they do that through here. Um, yes. I'm going to let you know this. Um, obviously, people have no know about this. Podcasts get released Monday morning, 9 a.m. But I'm, uh, I want to know if you will be welcome or if you would like to come back on TikTok Live on Friday to discuss with live people what they think about this. Yes. Um. We're going to be doing this something. We're, we're going to be doing this every week now. So we release on Mondays and we discuss on Fridays. Yes. Um, once again, if you're welcome to come back, um, you don't have to get in the box if you don't want to. It'll just be myself and everybody else commenting and speaking about it. Um, and if you like to, let me know in advance so we can set it up uh, and go from there. Usually yes. it's going to be 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and everybody that's listening to it, Y'all do the math. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I live in Cali, so for me, 8 o'clock is like 4 o'clock in the morning for somebody else. (laughs) Not with you. Not with you. (laughs) That's why I love Cali, because we're still up by by the time everybody's sleeping. For real. (laughs) But (laughs) Victoria, it was an honor. Uh, Keep your head up. You got this. We're going to go step by step, build the foundation, and let's grow from this. You know, the only way we can hurt her now is with kindness. Yes. Yes, we can. And if she sees you doing way better than her, guess what? Nothing's going to hurt you anymore. Definitely You got this. Thank you so much, Mosca. I love you, girl. Thank you for coming in here. I appreciate it. Everybody out there, y'all have a Amazing, blessed day, and can't wait to see you guys Friday. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,